Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that, well, unlike Star, is not in the news for all the wrong reasons. I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fool CIO, and I'm joined by the straw man himself, Andrew Page. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm a bit sore, my friend. You're sore. Um, I've I've spent the the last week moving house and oh, uh, oh that's painful. It's something it's Literally. something I'm very well <laughs> I'm, I'm very well practiced in. Okay, <laughs> moving house. We've had oh. quite a few houses over the years, but I tell you, as, as oh, I get God. older, it gets it gets harder and harder. <laughs> you get more and more stuff to move. And, <laughs> oh, that is oh. brutal, mate. Hopefully, are you are you uh, injured or just uh, muscle sore? Uh, just muscle sore, but as I say, the older I get, I can't actually tell what's different <laughs> between just a, a sore muscle and some permanent damage that may have been um, <laughs> suffered. So I'm just looking at some boxes now and just my heart is heavy. <laughs> as heavy as that box. Mate, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to, to bring it in the gutter too quickly, mate, but uh, it's kind of like drinking too much, right? There was, there was a time in my younger years, I'm sure yours as well, where you could, you could, you could have a skin full the night before, wake up the next day and do, do your normal day's work. Uh, I, 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 haven't, I haven't had a really, really big night for about five or six years now, largely because I just know how badly they hurt these days. And I, they, you know, <laughs> it's not that, worth it. That, 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 I'm not sure if it's even maturity. I think it's literally just fear of the next day where I'm like, I got to stop because I, I, you know, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm literally yeah, at that point. Yeah. Which is uh, scary in itself. Those days are long gone. Yeah, they really, really are. Long gone. All right, let's not talk about us as much. Although, before we move on, um, straw man, what is that again? <laughs> We're a private investment club. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Same as last week and um, the week before and the week before. Yeah, that's it. You know, but strawman.com, go check it out. We are we are closed uh, for new members at this point in time, but you still be able to get some some basic information for free, and um, yeah, hopefully find a, a few stock ideas perhaps. And I assume you'll reopen for new members at some point. Yeah, we we do have a bit of a small cap focus, so we've tried to limit ah, numbers, makes sense, so yeah. it makes it more manageable. Yeah. But um, it's working pretty well, so we, we may we may do that next year, perhaps. There you go. If you like straw men, jump onto the free site, check it out. Um, I should just get my boss happy. Also mentioned fool.com.au, which is our website. Uh, but uh, yeah. Andrew Andrew does uh, give his time for, for you, dear listener, uh, and appears on this podcast uh, gratis. Um, basically, as do I, by the way. We know I get paid my day job, but we do this because we love it. We do this because we want to help our listeners and also uh, we both obviously both organizations want to grow a bit of a bit of love a bit of uh, exposure so straw man straw man straw man straw man i think that's the that's <laughs> Mate, the contractual uh, number of mentions isn't it andrew well I, I think so but realistically if there's a soapbox i'll go and stand on it right <laughs> so it's sort of you know i'm happy to be here oh dear <laughs> I, I, I i'm a little bit mindful of uh, you know a couple of years time mate. once once we're a little bit older a little bit well i was gonna say wiser maybe just a little bit aligned i can see you on a soapbox in hyde park ranting about something or other mate it's, I, i'm not saying sandwich board everything <laughs> the end of the world Tinfoil is nigh. <laughs> oh, i'm not going to mention the Watch p word space. either of these uh, today we, we will have to mention it on sunday because we do have some questions about that but uh given oh. your recent Move. I, I can only imagine your, uh, your your views on property are somewhat heightened this week. Lots of fresh material. <laughs> Lots of fresh material, my friend. Yeah. All right, let's move quickly away from that before we get sucked into that particular vortex. <laughs> Mate, um, let, let's get on with this podcast. A bit of stuff happening in the macro, and that's where we tend to start. Some really, really big numbers, man. I'm going to start with three. The first is 100 million. The second is 5.4%. And the third is 7.2%. And let me 
go through those individually. So mm-hmm. we know that our, our Victorian cousins, our Victorian friends, brothers and sisters are still mostly locked down uh, and we do um, we do hope that you guys are out soon. Uh, we're in New South Wales, mate, and we had a little bit of a relaxation of rules this past Monday with hopefully another mm-hmm. one to come Monday week. Um, so, you know, we, we are on that path. Hopefully Victoria is also on that path. Um, obviously, we want to make sure it happens safely because it'd be nothing worse than causing more uh, negative side effects. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can do this well. New South mm. Wales apparently, mate, on Monday spent $100 million on, on so-called Freedom Day. I hate the term, but that's what they're calling it. $100 million bucks on Freedom Day. Um, the pubs were chockers. Uh, the, uh, did you see the video of Kmart? Was it Castle Hill or something? I did. Oh, I mate. Did. Midnight people were lined up and then they were, you know, had trolleys full of stuff and... I, you know what? I can't work out. This massive aside, because, you know, that's what we do here. Um, who 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 goes to Kmart who didn't buy online the week before? Like, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, it doesn't, it makes no sense that to was, me. If you wanted it, why haven't you already got it? If you don't need it, are you really going to go to Kmart and line up at midnight? Well, that that was my take. So so hairdressers <laughs> were, were really busy as yes, well. Yes, they were. I yes. Like, I get that. That makes that makes perfect <laughs> sense. But what, what was it that came that Kmart was offering that you couldn't get um, beforehand. I, that's, <laughs> I no that's the really strange thing. Oh, yeah, not, no offence no uh, to, to, to Kmart. No, but just, no. Just, it, was the, it, was, it was like when the thing first hit, you know, and everyone was hoarding toilet paper. It was like, wow, toilet paper, okay. <laughs> um, so it's a bit like that. Oh. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, so yeah, everyone, everyone, it was a very busy day. It was just, you know, unfortunately it was it was pretty rainy here in Sydney. So um, you can imagine what it would have been like. It was a, it was a beautiful <laughs> spring day. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, right, exactly. Right, you know, but, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I, look, it's early days, but mm. um, I hope this is it. I'd, I'd really, that, that was a long hundred day lockdown. Oh, and, wasn't uh, it? Hopefully, hopefully we're not going to do that again. Victorians are now laughing at us saying 100 days. You guys haven't, <laughs> you guys got nothing oh, on us. It feels, I feel. 200 and yeah. something days apparently right now. Guys, we hope, you, we hope you're out of lockdown soon. We hope things are improve. Unfortunately, we're recording this on Thursday morning as we do. The numbers are 2,300 in Victoria this morning. So desperately hoping that for you guys, this is something of a peak. We kind of hoped that a few days ago. Look, they're not getting much worse. So hopefully, hopefully, but um, please be safe, mm. do the right thing. Keep yourselves and, and friends and family safe and uh, get vaxxed if you're not already, as long as you check with your GP first. I got in trouble for saying that without... That adding the adding the check with the GP thing, um, I assumed it was mm. I assumed it was reasonably um, people could could read that into it. But in case you didn't, uh, get faxed after you speak to your GP and make sure it's right for you. But uh, man, plenty of people, plenty of people um, should could and will. Ninety seven percent the can I call out the bubble hashtag the bubble. Ninety seven percent vaccination rate. Isn't that just bloody amazing. astonishing? Isn't How it amazing? good are Canberrans? That, but guys, that is just unreal. So you know what? We give you some grief sometimes. I think unfairly, by the way. I like Canberra. Um, but she's 97% vaccination rate. You guys are doing the work. You're getting it done for, for yourselves, your family, for the rest of us. So super stoked. Well done. Um, I know vaccinations have been limited up till now, so no no grief from me for people who are behind. But if you could get out there and get it done, uh, Queenslanders, Northern Territory, WA, I get you behind because there's no immediate kind of burning platform. But um, we'd love to come and visit you guys and, and put some dollars back in your tourism industry. So um, if you could, <laughs> we'd really appreciate it um, <laughs> if, you can, if you get yourself vaccinated. All right, enough of that, mate. Enough of the self stuff. Um, $100 million, though, I the, the question, of course, goes to what happens from here. There's mm-hmm. obviously... So Josh Frydenberg today um, uh, was in the AFR saying the September quarter economic growth is likely to be a negative 3%, which is mm-hmm. pretty decent, not as bad as it was in was it the July quarter when we've had the first, first set of lockdowns last year, but still big. Hopefully, the October, November, December, the December quarter uh, is a good number, a positive number, so we don't go into technical recession. Um, mm-hmm. oh, 
hundred million dollars felt good. I got to say, man, I was at a cafe yesterday. I, I, I've been venturing out slowly, and I had to I had to go to the bank for work actually, and then had to wait to get something processed, and had to go back half an hour later. So I went and grabbed a coffee from a cafe. I was one of three customers in the cafe. Um, so to whatever extent, yeah. kind of things are coming back. The streets were busy, cars everywhere, shops open again. So that was kind of good for those people, but not quite back to normal yet. Um, things different in your way or the same, mate? <laughs> I actually haven't been out really <laughs> between. I've I've been sort of shipping mm-hmm. between two different houses, fair so enough, I haven't. Enough. But just 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 observation of the roads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. def- definitely a lot more, but. Um, yeah, just speaking to some friends, and, and this is the, this is always the, the, the difficult thing about talking high level economic kind of stuff because yeah. there's just such a variation underneath it. And as we yeah. we've said that before, there were people who went through the, the lockdown period it was actually fantastic for them, right, 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 uh, from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and others that just went all the way to zero. You yeah, know, yeah. so it was this real uneven kind of thing. I, I suspect it'll be somewhat um, the same uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. there's actually. Uh, Friends of ours, sort of um, in the hospitality trade, they've actually okay. chose not to open. <laughs> oh wow! Um, okay. Well, just because they got burnt in last time, so it's yeah. just like we're just going to give it a week and make sure. Because otherwise, you, huh. you you got to potentially you stock up on inventory and then mm-hmm. throw it all out again mm-hmm. later if there's another snap. So there's just there's a, there is a bit of an element of of once bitten twice shy. Yeah, right. I think that's out there. So. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. This this thing, I think from the very get-go, we're, mm. we've all been pretty optimistic about it. It's like, oh, this really sucks. But, you know, yeah. I remember and I remember last year, it was like, oh, 2020, what a year, you know. <laughs> 2021, we'll, we'll get back to normal. And here we are sort of approaching the end of it. And it's in, in, Queen, in Melbourne, you know, recording record numbers. And mm. and, and just the... Just the um, the, the variation of possible futures is quite wide. I mean, I'm not calling for this, obviously, but it just mm. it does sometimes strike me that it's just like, well, Delta came out of nowhere, right? Didn't like it? we could have, you know, another one. That it, yeah. it, here's, as you know, I've got a bit of a background in microbiology and all this mm. kind of stuff. It only, it only takes, you know, a couple of base pairs to change in these really small genomes. Yeah. And you have a very, very different beast. And so I, I, I do... I mm. do I, I do actually think that we, when people say, oh, when do we go back to normal? I don't think we ever do fully go oh, back you to reckon? the world has changed. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I, in, in, some, in some ways, that probably just um, a, an acceleration of other sort of um, trends that were happening. You know, we've often okay. talked about the, the work from home kind of thing. Like that whole yeah. thing has changed. It was always, if you yeah, ever right. said you're working from home, most workplaces like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that, that's kind of changed. I think, yeah. I think, People are probably uh, so when lockdown um, did, and I did spoke to some people, and mm-hmm. just to, it was very close to people. It was like, wow, that's yeah. <laughs> it, it felt a little bit different. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. And, and there are some industries that are still going to take a while to come back as well. So I, I don't know. It's it's it's. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, of course, but you know these these things have a have a, a way of surprising. Mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that. Actually, I, I'm I, I don't want to I don't want to necessarily take us on a massive tangent just yet. We will eventually, not just yet. Of course. Um, but I I, I want to talk to you about some of the the normal, new normal, old normal stuff because that's actually a fascinating comment. And it's worth uh, worth having a chat about. So let's do that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on though. The five point four percent number I talked about was U.S. inflation, and again, super macro. Who cares? Blah blah blah. Except that the bankers said, "Hey, this high inflation is going to be transitory." Three six months ago, and yet. Half a year on, it's still here. It's still 5.4%. That is a stupidly large number. And if you think about wage growth being effectively zero, now whether it's zero or half or 1%, it's kind of close enough to zero. 
With inflation yeah. at 5.4, that means our purchasing yeah, power has gone back. We've lost a dollar and 20. Um, we all got a pay cut. Right, right. Mm. And, so, the US, yeah. mm. and so there's that as a consumer, and that's got its own political, demographic, geographic, economic impacts. Mm. But it also talks a little bit to the sorts of companies that we might want to think about buying or not buying. Um, mm. It's been so long. You and I are old, not that old, but old enough to remember um, the, the stories when I went through uni. I'm sure you did the same, although you didn't study economics. I don't know how many economic subjects you did at uni. Um, mm. It was all about stagflation, and it was all about mm. the oil gluts, or the oil shocks, I should say, and it was all about that story of, hey, here's what happens with inflation. In the mm. 20-something year, oh, actually more than that, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to add the number up. Be honest. Uni. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, in the t- since then, inflation's dead. I don't know what they teach kids at uni these days, but we were being taught Cold War and communism and Berlin Wall and stagflation and inflation and the wages accord. Um, now, if you don't recognise any of those, na- <laughs> those, t- those words, you're probably younger than me. Uh, but, you know, you kind of move forward now to, to, to kind of, you know, what we the economy we're in. And mm. as investors... I'm going to say half the investing public weren't adults when the when we had to deal with inflation. I mean, inflation hasn't mm. been an issue for, what, 30 years? Kind of since yeah. the 90s recession. Like, we just haven't had it. And yeah. the whole idea was inflation was now dead, which is always, by the way, the watch out. When someone says, oh, inflation's dead, we'll never have a problem with that again. It's like, oh, man, that, that's exactly the time you want to worry when everyone says, oh, it's done, it's gone. We're not going to worry about that anymore. Yeah. But uh, so, so I guess the question for you is, is – do you reckon it lasts? And again, we don't know, but let's let's have that have fun with that because mm. the impact of that is the sort of companies you buy in an inflationary world <clears throat> matter. Mm. Maybe they're not different. Mm. Maybe they're the same. Maybe they are different, but it matters, right? If inflation's zero, the sort of companies you can buy, the sort of things you get away with are very different. If inflation is considerably higher and sustained at two, three, four, five percent You've got mm. a whole different set of, uh, set of issues there, surely. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. Well, just quickly before that, when you oh, yeah. sort of said that you've got a whole new generation who sort of come in each year. I remember reading something years ago. It's just like they, the major crashes are always sort of 15, 20 years apart, you know, yeah, roughly right. speaking. Yeah. And one of the exp- – I don't know how true this is, but it always resonated. One of the explanations was, was is that you get a fresh cohort in the, in the <laughs> finance industry and that where you just – you don't remember the yeah, last right. one. So it's kind of like, oh, the 87 crash. I remember when I first started. I was like, oh, look, look how crazy everyone was back then. We're so much yeah. more learned and smart and experienced Thank these goodness. days and then then there was then there was the tech pop and they're like oh that was so ridiculous we'd never yeah. make that mistake again and then we yeah. had the GFC and you know then we so we just there I think I think there are memory I think that is a there's something to that You're you, you right. kind of you you when you read something in a history book mm-hmm. it is very different than having lived through it yeah um, and even those that live through it as you've often said you get all these generals fighting the last war where it's yeah. sort of like they are battle scarred absolutely from that mm-hmm. experience but the things that they're worrying about are things that were sort of unique to that period of time and to that set of circumstances mm, whereas mm. the next thing that knocks you for six is completely the unlooked for black swan kind of thing so right, it's right. yeah that's kind of interesting but yeah I think <clears throat> so yeah what kind of companies do you invest in I mean I think I know I've always sort of said this I just I just never like to make an investment where I need to be mm. very accurate on some kind of macro forecast to right, okay. do well because I can't do that, I'm pretty firm in the view that no one can kind of do that. So, it, so, so rather than trying to sort of start with where is it going to go and then position <laughs> accordingly, yeah. I just I try to just sort of take the 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 approach of well, if that does happen, I'm relatively okay anyway. Makes sense. 
Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> what does that mean? Well, well, well if, if we're going to a high inflation environment, well, I'd, <clears throat> I'd want a company that, that has some pretty good pricing power that's able mm. to price on and increase costs to their customers. Mm. You know, I'm sure if, I'm sure if we had a, a lot higher inflation, uh, you know, Apple fans would still be lining up around the corner to buy an iPhone <laughs> and they could, they could tack on whatever, you know, to sort of to make right. up the difference. Right. The, other, the other one, of course, is companies with high, highly leveraged balance sheets. Higher inflation means generally higher interest rates, which means higher interest costs and all that kind of stuff. So I try to avoid those kinds of, just as a matter of course, unless yeah. there's a good, good, good reason to ignore that um so that's that's how i tend to play it so it's interesting though right that it is a horses for courses so i think two very interesting examples on the asx are sydney airports and transurban yeah which are phenomenally leveraged uh you know the 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 amount of billions in debt (laughs) um both of them sailed well when i say sailed through they 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 certainly weathered the storm in mm-hmm. both the gfc and also with covid yeah they had to raise uh, some extra cash and strengthen things up but the business was okay and you kind of think well how is how is that different well that's very different from maybe a mining services company that's got <laughs> 80% debt to equity this is this, sydney airport has a lot of very real very tangible very valuable assets to back that up and they're very long lived assets so in that case you kind of say well well, that's that's uh, that's a little bit more sensible. Nevertheless, uh, a significantly higher interest rate environment is going to be a headwind for, for these guys, even though it's not an existential thing. It's still it's still something to think about. That's I, th- I think that maybe. So here's the thing, and this is why I want to talk about it, mate. Because I'm going to say to you, and just not even to be an advocate necessarily, but if I think more about Sydney Airport and Transurban, they've got a lot of debt, right? But if inflation mm. increases faster than oh, yes. than interest rates, Transurban yes. could actually make more money rather than less, particularly because Transurban's linked to CPI or higher, right? Oh, sorry, most of their toroids are a minimum increase or CPI. Now, if inflation, let's take the US example, right? If inflation is 5% and their cost of debt goes up from 2 to 2.5%, but inflation goes from 2 to 5 their margins yeah. will actually increase for a period of time because they're all of a sudden going to say to their, their, their travellers or their, their motorists, hey, so we're allowed to charge you 5% more we're going to. If their mm. interest costs don't go up as fast as that, they actually could have growing margins. And I, I think, just to go back to your point about you know companies where you don't have to make a macro call, I agree with that, mate, but I would say that I don't mm. think a lot of investors these days, even without making the macro call, just the what if, right? So do, do you, if, even in the companies, you, you not you personally, but you, know, you think you own, have you allowed for the fact that what happens if inflation goes up? I mean, you know, mm. d- does this company, is it as attractive? Can it increase crop prices as quickly as its costs are potentially going to expand? And mm. commodities are the obvious one. If you've got, you know, a whole lot of debt plus a, a, some machinery plus weight, staff to pay and all that kind of stuff and, and that stuff goes up and you're still reliant on the global commodity price. In theory, there's a margin mm. crunch there. I think that's probably likely. Yep. Um, yep. But even other companies, mate, if, you, if you've got a big staff base and, and wages start to go up faster than you otherwise can put prices up. That can meaningfully crunch your margins for a period of time. Even in those some of those companies where you say, well, I don't want to have to make a macro call because you know it's not Commonwealth Bank or it's not Transurban, so I don't need to it's not, it's not fundamental to the thesis necessarily. Mm. Over a long enough period of time, compound inflation at two, three or four percent a year in terms of the costs of a business relative to their ability to increase prices, if you can increase prices one percent a year, your costs increase three and a half percent a year for five years. That's yeah. going to have a meaningful impact on your margins, even if you don't feel like it's a, a macro core company, surely. That's, yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, interestingly enough, though, I guess the, 
all of your competitors will be feeling the same kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's, there, there is a question of who blinks first. There might be people yeah. who go, well, we'll just, we, we will not pass on costs because we want to maintain or grow market share. And why don't yeah. we just sort of you know, yeah. outlast the others and just have a really crappy time, but, but eventually be in a much stronger competitive position? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not, it's, true. it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty harsh kind of thing to do and it, and it could be a very long cold winter with that kind of approach so yeah i mean just yet another reason to avoid anything that's sort of commodity and not yeah. and not yes, just another yeah. not just we, we always sort of talk commodities it makes it sound like you're just talking about like coal and mm. wheat and all mm. of these mm. these kinds of things but there there are a lot of other commodities out there as well but my my favorite example is an airline seat i, I would call an airline seat a commodity if i'm going to fly to melbourne yeah you know i know some people say oh Qantas is so much better than virgin and then you know i'm sitting in a really small cramp seat for an hour and I'm going to get <laughs> yeah, to here. That's right. And if one is 30% cheaper than the other, yep. then, you know, I know there'll be exceptions, um, yes, but, yes. but most people, they're interchangeable and mm-hmm. they, and as mm-hmm. such, they are, they are essentially a commodity and you see commodity type economics playing out in that industry for, for mm-hmm. largely that reason. So, um, yeah, <laughs> again, horses for courses, right? I agree. I agree. I think for, for listeners, my message, and you may have a different one, so I'll let you, let you summarize separately, but my message would be when you're, if you look at your portfolio or you think about what you might buy over the coming months, if inflation doesn't happen and you've got a company with pricing power, then you're sweet. If inflation does happen and you've got a company with pricing power, then you're sweet. So if you yeah. can find those, conversely, if your company doesn't have pricing power and rates don't, and inflation doesn't go up, then you're probably okay. If rates do go, inflation does go up, rates go up, uh, and you don't have pricing power, you're probably stuffed. Like not not, you know, not going to go broke. But if you think about the kind of the, the profit margins moving forward, um, uh, to your point about the macro calls, man, I think that's right, actually. I think, I think you can do that. All, all I would say is probably overlay that idea of I would just be increasingly preferring pricing power in, in an environment where it might happen, right? Because, again, if it doesn't happen, you're still no worse off. But if you yeah. do have inflation come through, you will find out very quickly which companies have the ability to raise prices and which ones don't. And in that environment, you really might find your future expectations. Your margins probably get compressed. The, the ability to grow profits probably gets compressed. Um, so there's, there's, you know, it, it will have, I think, if there is inflation over five, 10 years, there will be a meaningful divergence, I believe, between those two groups of companies. So I would just mm. choose carefully, choose wisely, um, and maybe have a look at your portfolio and say, hey, this has been great, but do I really feel good about company X if there's inflation of 3 4 5%? And if the answer is yes, then great. If the answer is no, then maybe have a think about whether it belongs in your portfolio. I just think as a general approach to investing, it's I just I do this more and more where it's, Traditionally, I think when you start, you look at a company, you're trying to think what can go right here? What, what's yeah, going to go? Yeah. You know, what, yeah. what do I what expect or hope that this company is going to do? Which is yeah. completely right and normal. But, but it's also, I think, very valuable to, to, to mm. try and frame the bear case. Charlie Munger always says, you need to understand the bear case better than the bears and, better, and articulate it. Um, so, so always go in. Try your job as an investor is to try and prove yourself wrong as best you can. And I just think that if you can go through a, a process like that, and so mm-hmm. again, not trying. It's very intimidating saying to someone, "Oh, I'll try and forecast what the economic environment's going to be like yeah. over the next five months." Yeah. Who can? I mean, the experts can't yeah. do it. But Correct. just just ask yourself, okay, I've got my eye on this particular company. Mm-hmm. What if we have a really bad recession? Yes. Uh, what if inflation goes up? What if? Uh, 
a, a new competitor comes into the space. You well, what if, et cetera, et cetera. So just, just ask all of those what ifs. Now, mm-hmm. of course, in, in, in a lot of these, the, the, the answer is going to be it's bad. Yeah. But what you also learn as an investor is there are different degrees of bad. There is, <laughs> there is, there is suffering through a bit of a depressed price for a couple of years and there yeah. is sort of things going to zero. So there's, there, right, are, right. There, is, there are things that you want to consider. So it's not, it's not um, like w- w- with what the world actually delivers to you might, mm. might be surprising, but at least it's something you don't have to think on your feet too fast because you've sort of run some mental scenario analysis where you've kind mm. of thought, well, actually I did consider this as a potential possibility <laughs> and, you know, and I've, mm. I've thought it through. So you can just avoid making those, making those, those calls on the fly in a mm. panic decision during an environment where your wealth is plummeting fast. Like that is, that is not a good environment to make decisions on. Yeah. In. Yeah, that's so true. And and so you 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 just need to have thought through as much as, and that doesn't mean you're going to get every. I mean, there's going to be a lot of stuff that just blindsides you, of course. Mm-hmm. But but the more you can do that, just in general, I just think it's it's just going to lead to better outcomes. It is going to be frustrating because you're going to end up throwing a lot of stuff in the bin, and that's really frustrating. Yeah. I've been, I've been through a bit of a drought recently in terms of buying new shares, like companies that I haven't previously held it's 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 been hard um and some sometimes you find yourself in that environment and that's 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 really that's really difficult particularly if you've got a bit of cash to invest and particularly as you watch the market go up and everyone else making heaps of money and the rest mm-hmm. of it but and then you it's this feminine feast kind of thing you have with with the market but you've got to stay true to it you can't control what it's going to do but you can control when you act and how you act and, and that's that's the way to think about it as, as far as i'm concerned Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. I'm going to change the order up. I'm going to talk about Bonza Airlines. You mentioned Qantas and Virgin and flying for an hour to Melbourne. Uh, I don't know if you caught the news during the week that a new airline is going to be launched in Australia called Bonza. It kind of feels... I don't mind the name, but it kind of feels a little bit April Fool's jokish, doesn't it? You kind of think, you know, if you're going to do an April Fool's joke, you'd launch an airline called Bonza and you'd probably have Celeste Patterson as the, uh, as, as the, uh, as the patron or something. Um, you, can, you can imagine the whole joke going, except this one's not a joke, at least as far as we know. Uh, there's some ex-airline executives, some apparently very deep pockets out of the US who are planning to open an airline, a low-cost airline called Bonza, Travelling predominantly, not predominantly, but increasingly to those second tier destinations that are underserved by the big airlines, Qantas and and Virgin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been around the block a few times, mate. So have you. Have we seen this movie before? I'm going to say yes. (laughs) There's there's Compass, there's Ansett. Uh uh, You know, it's Ausjet. And don't forget there were two Compasses, mate. There was Compass and Compass Mark II. Oh, that's right. There was too. <laughs> so good they they failed twice. <laughs> I just look. I wish them every bit of luck, yeah. but I I just I think if I was in a conglomerate with lots of money <laughs> and of all the things in the entire world that yeah. I could put that money into, I'm going to yeah. put it into starting up a new airline um, in, yeah. in regional Australia. It just. <laughs> Maybe it'll work, oh, maybe. Um, but mm. I just kind of think the, the, what we know with airlines is even when they do work, they're not super attractive. Mm. They can be for a period, but it's just all of those dynamics we were talking about before <laughs> make it very difficult. You said, yeah. oh, the, they, these are underserviced areas. You know, Qantas and Virgin don't go there. Yeah, well, there's probably a reason for that. You know, <laughs> yeah. if there was, there was money to be made there, they mm. would. And, and they've, they've elected to stay out of those markets or just not service them as much as they could because the mm. economics probably aren't there now. Mm. 
look, there are different models and maybe if you... Uh, there are some decent airline companies around the world that operate in highly niche areas, you know, mm-hmm. ones that might... Like, for example, we service just the uh, the mining camps out in yeah. WA. Yeah. You've essentially got monopoly-type runs on that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and you just focus purely on that kind of stuff. So there's there are exceptions to the rule, but in terms of sort of like a mass transit mm-hmm. sort of thing, I, I think it's... It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I, I did. I was actually one of my many many car trips over the week. You know, carrying boxes and stuff around. They, they were talking about that on the radio, and and people. The, the question was was, oh, would you fly on an airline called Bonza? And ha, oh, you were really talking about the name and the logo. And I just thought to myself, you know what? If it's if it's if it's the cheapest flight, yes. People, yeah. people will jump on Webjet or whatever. I want to yeah. go from here to here. What's the best price on this day? I'm going to go. I don't, you know, it could be called Fluffy Pink Unicorn Airline. <laughs> I'm still going to, I'm still going to fly it, right? Totally, like, totally. So I don't uh, mind the name. Yeah, what, I'd actually, I think it makes it kind of approachable and kind of, you know, the, I mean, there's plenty of those EasyJet type things and the Ryanairs and the kind of, you know, those kind of names that aren't supposed to mean much. It's just a, a flashy, even even Jetstar. I mean, they did a really, mm. really great job of kind of marketing that business. It was, you know, Magda Zabanski doing a, a star jump and a few other celebrities. And then it, just, it, it was just a, an easy thing to grab onto and go, you know what? It's not mm. anything in particular. It's familiar. Mm. It's pretty approachable. It feels pretty Australian. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm net net a fan of the name, I've got to say. Just in terms of the, the likely kind of just, you know, cutting through, getting people talking about it, as you say, um, having some sort of impact. If I was going to, I don't know, I would have chosen it, but I don't mind. I think it's probably a net positive. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it doesn't, no? it, I don't, it sounds a bit too, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I kind of just sort of see it as a very, a very, very um, low level consideration in terms of yeah, what, yeah. what, whether or not people will choose choose their service. I yeah, guess yeah. so. Um, and they've still got to apply for an aviation license and all the rest of all, oh, whatever it is. Details, so details, mate. Details. I don't know if it's definitely <laughs> going to happen, but yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, Qantas yeah. or your Rex or your shareholder, do you, do you care? How, how do you feel about bonds entering the market? Well, if they're not going to be going into your most lucrative flights between, the, you know, generally speaking, up and down the east coast between the capital cities, they probably don't have too much to worry about uh, there. It's certainly going to make things a little bit more tricky in their regional uh, spots, but maybe they're marginal. Maybe they think, oh, great, this is the excuse we needed to get out of it. I, I, mm. I, I don't know. It's, it's never great. This is, Qantas has, has seen off a lot of competitors, mm. um, so they'll they'll probably be fine. But it doesn't it doesn't mean that they it's not going to have an impact on yeah, them. It's yeah. still it's still going to sort of, um, you know, there's an extra player out there who's desperately trying to gain market share. How are they going to do that? Well, there's really only one way. They're just going right. to offer cheap, cheaper, cheaper flights. Um, and, and that means that you're going to have capacity constraints, uh, not constraints, you're going to have capacity issues. Mm-hmm. And we know that airlines are all about volume. You know, it's sort of like, I forget the, I'm going to make this up, but it's sort of like, at seventy percent capacity, you, you know, up to that point, you're losing money, and then you only start to sort of make money after that. So it's 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 you know, empty planes are the worst thing that you can have, and anything that's going to impact that or lessen lessen the, the volume that you're transporting is going to have an impact. Even if you ultimately win and see them off, it's still, you're still going to be you're not you're you're still going to you're still going to feel the impact of that on the way through. Mate, it's not going to be pretty for Qantas either way. I don't think. I think you're exactly right. It's a, it's a challenging one. It's 
I, I mean, head, heads, you heads, you well, I don't know, heads, you lose, tails, you don't lose quite so much. You've, mm. You're going to have to have a margin compression at some point on the way through while you see them off, and that's probably the best outcome is you make a little bit less money for a little bit of time until they finally give up. Maybe the worst scenario for Qantas is actually Bonza does manage to stay in the market and there's, there's permanently extra capacity because we know that Qantas and Virgin themselves make more money when they both kind of be a bit more rational and realise that adding capacity is not a great way to make money. Um, yep. There does seem to be some sort of uneasy truce right now. Maybe that's exactly why Bonds is launching because they've kind of seen that the airlines are at this point. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be backing. I wouldn't be backing a new airline if it was me. Yeah. All right, let's let, let's move on, mate. Um, I want to talk about a different a different kind of issue, different company. Uh, but so this one's Star, the Star Entertainment Group. We know the shares mm. fell. Was it 30 percent on Monday? Some massive amount, anyway, yeah. on the back of a sixty minutes story. And I, I, I don't want to talk about the legalities of this because I don't want to get us in legal trouble. I am not surprised that 60 Minutes potentially found allegedly something to talk about, given that uh, it's rare that different companies in different industries operate massively differently. Hmm. And I, I, I'm tiptoeing around this, as you can probably hear, listeners, because <laughs> I, I don't want to say anything that's going to get anyone in trouble. Um, I, I, so let, let's, let, but let's talk more broadly, Andrew, because you know, on, on one hand, you could have taken it... When Crown had its troubles and still going through its troubles, you can either take a view of hey, Crown are potentially, allegedly doing the wrong thing, but there's good guys in the industry doing it the right way. And so Star was a safe bet. Other people would have said, oh man, if Crown are doing it, you can bet that other people might be doing it as well. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, and so I'm out. I'm, I, this, this, this feels like when there's smoke, there's fire, or you know, there's, there's never just one cockroach in the kitchen. Choose your, your metaphor, choose your analogy. And it turns out this time around that the smarter bet at, at, at when the Crown news broke would have been sell the light, get the hell out of the way, um, save your money. Mm. And I, I, without talking, I mean, welcome to talk about Star if you want to face a, a court injunction, but I don't want to, so I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but I, I'm curious about how you think about industry stuff. So, you know, we can't have, we can't have the Star time again. It's obvious in hindsight what we might have, might have done. But next time around, or maybe even last time, or in a different circumstance, how do you think about that sort of stuff when, when one company's going through, through trouble? You can either think, and you kind of alluded to this with the kind of inflationary times and coming out stronger, you either say, I'll own the best in breed and therefore as the second and third tier guys or the guys who maybe allegedly aren't doing the right thing go by the wayside, I'll come out stronger, which is mm. kind of the general recession view, right? You, if you own Harvey Norman for the last 50 years, you got progressively better every time there was a recession because the, the other guys got washed out and Harvey Norman again emerged better and better each time. Mm. Um, or there is the, 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 the potentially the crown star example where it's like, you know what? Uh, you know, the sense that one company might have trouble might have told us that others would have trouble as well. Mm. How do you think about that kind of, that question? And, and maybe it's always different, but but how do you kind of mentally approach the idea of one company's having an issue, I own shares in, or I might want to buy shares in something in the same industry, a direct competitor, or indirect competitor, but gee, now I feel like it's dangerous or now I feel like it's an opportunity or, or somewhere in between? Yeah, I think it's something you, you definitely pay attention to. I... I personally have a view with casinos that they're just really horrible types Allegedly. of businesses. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're horrible business. I'll say it. There's, just, there's no. I'm not speaking about any specific one. They're horrible no. businesses. They are. They do no good to society whatsoever. And so horrible and investments really, or horrible businesses, mate. Just just to, just to clear it up. Not for you know. Just for well, of- horrible businesses. But I okay. think what leads from that are there are some really some big things that you need to be comfortable with. One is, mm-hmm. as we've seen, there's huge regulatory risks. So at the stroke of a regulator's pen, your business yeah. goes away. So yeah. Barangaroo doesn't exist, right, as a, mm-hmm. in Crown's umbrella anymore because the regulator decided that. So that's 
that's that's something that you need to be mindful of. You also need to be mindful of just, I think, the nature of the industry. And I would argue, again, maybe I need to be careful here, but I just anyone who owns a casino, <laughs> if there is not some form of laundering going through, even if it's very small scale, I mean, it's yeah. just that that is. It is almost I- implicit in, in what you do. Now, you might try your best to regulate. You maybe even do a really good job, but it's there and it exists. And I, I, so it's, it's always something that for me has made me very uncomfortable, not because I have this firm view that, oh, it will definitely happen, but because I can't quantify the odds of it happening, mm-hmm. but knowing that if it did happen, it is potentially existential. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that, oh, they'll get a bit of a slap on the wrist. Well, maybe it is, but it, but it could be, again, in the case of Crown, we've seen how, how significant it has been. So I just, I don't, business, investing is always about risk and the unknown. And that's that's fine. You can never get rid of that. But there are some, there are some risks that I personally am just happy to stay away from because I just find it so difficult to, to quantify and because the downside is so big. And there's probably, for me personally, a bit of an ethical in- angle in there as well. Do I want to be supportive of, of mm. something that, that destroys lives? And, and no, I don't. <laughs> so, yes. I know that's not exactly the kind of question you're asking. <laughs> what about non-casinos though? What about, a, you know, if Woolies is struggling, do you assume Coles is going to do well because it's one of those two-horse races or is it one of those cases of, man, grocery must be in trouble? Like, it, take, take it out. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you about casinos, as you say, even despite the best efforts. Uh, if, you're, if you're a criminal with money to launder, you look around and go, I guess I'll take my odds at the casino, right? I think that's, that's always an ever-present risk or danger. The degree to which it happens or is policed well or... or, or Turned a blind eye to maybe an open question. We won't go there, um, mm. but I agree with that point. But if you know, if it's Woolies and Coles or Virgin and Qantas or uh, the big banks or something similar, I'm just curious. You know, yeah. if one's in trouble, does it does it say, "Gee, I'll stay away"? If they're all in trouble, or does it say, "Well, maybe this opportunity"? Well, there's this there's this really. It was a phrase that gained a lot of prominence in the GFC, mm. which is this concept of moral hazard. So mm. all the banks back then were doing things that they knew was stupid um, and risky, but. But they had to, in a way, because if they didn't, uh, they were just going to be left by the wayside as all their other competitors mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of did. And also because you knew that if anything went wrong, you're probably going to get bailed out anyway. So mm-hmm. there are there are, there are situ- it, it, potentially the banks here at the moment. We look at, <laughs> I know you didn't want to get into housing and I promise I won't get into it, but mm-hmm. I could Im- I, we spoke the other day about Matt Common, the CBA uh, CEO coming out saying to APRA, regulators, regulators, please. And it was like, we said at the time, it was like, why would you be calling for that? Well, it's because he has to, because he, if he just, you could just say, well, mate, if you're not happy with it, you, you run the business here. You can just mm. choose to be much more mm. stringent mm. in your, but he can't, he really can't, he's, he, he kind of forced to go along with it or be left by the side of the road. Because if the party continues for another five, 10 years, you're going to be, you, you, you're going to potentially leave billions of dollars on the table. So you kind <laughs> yeah, of right. have to keep playing. So I think when you notice something in an industry like that, you've got to ask yourself, to what extent is this just perhaps an outlier who's deciding to be a bit cowboyish in their in their mm. approach or are there structural conditions forces and stuff at play which sort of leads to yeah. this kind of this kind of activity because it's either it's, you're kind of compelled to um, so I think I think yeah to answer your question I think you know, casinos aside I think I would look at those kinds of things and then ask yourself uh, is this is this a, a, an industry that is potentially going to be leaving a lot of money on the table just because it feels as though it's the right and proper thing um, when you've got a lot of uh, demanding shareholders and and the rest of it that they're expecting mm-hmm. things it's just I can I can just see I can 
it's something to pay 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 attention to, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. I, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I, yeah, I. <sighs> it's pretty hard, right? This is this is. Uh, it's why I asked you the question because I've got I've really got a foot in both camps. Like you know the the idea that maybe hey, if Crown's in trouble. Um, Look, I have to say, casinos are very different for different reasons. The one you in- included is one. Also, too, they tend to be local monopolies. So yeah. there isn't necessarily great upside. But, you know, if Crown's a Victorian casino is in trouble, there's no there's no star Victorian casino nearby. So it wasn't a case of, hey, the punters will walk across the road or, um, mm. you know, they'll do necessarily better because of Crown's weaknesses. Maybe in terms of international travellers, maybe they'll get a few more. Um, maybe marketing's easier overseas. Or There's other reasons why you might have said star will be better. But in this case, I probably think they are almost unique relatively unique markets. Again, there's, there's tourism kind of crossovers in, in normal times, if not right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's that. Uh, in, in other industries, I tend to... I think I think it's really important to look at the why as, you, as you've highlighted, mate. So if I take grocery as an example, it's an industry I, I know relatively well. Mm-hmm. I, in, in some cases, if, if Coles are struggling because food price deflation, there's, there's a price war going on and Coles are struggling, there's a pretty fair bet that Woolies are struggling as well because they're both having this ongoing price war. So as you said, the cause of the trouble is part of it. On the other hand, when you see something like uh, a Woolies just continuing to get sales growth year after month after month after month after month, year after year, they're doing something better or Coles, depending on the case. But, Mm. you know, you're kind of like, okay, well, this is, you know, there is a winner and a loser right now in this industry because they are attracting more customers and all that kind of stuff. And it's worth, you know, those are very different circumstances where Coles might be suffering on one hand. I'm using that that pair. Um, Coles might be winning for all it's worth. I don't want to annoy any Coles shareholders. But, you know, Coles might be suffering because there's price war, in which case they're both going to get caught or because Woolies is doing a better job of marketing or ranging or something. And so, you know, those bloody plastic toys. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're getting more customers and they're coming from Coles, in which case you've got a very different dynamic. So I think you're absolutely right. Looking is really important. But I will say the reason I have foot in both camps is I think there's there's always opportunity, right? If you see someone in the industry suffering or struggling, it's very, very much worth asking the question, either to protect your capital if it's industry-wide mm. or as an idea, an opportunity to actually go and buy the competitor who's likely probably doing really, really well um, and there may well be more to come. So it's, it, I think I don't have a stock answer for that, but what I do know is for me at least, that's a really, really good starting point for a bit more analysis because it's just it says, hey, there's something going on over here, come and have a look. Mm. And, and that's always mm. worth worth checking out, particularly if you're looking for new investment ideas. Just go, hey, well, I don't know what it is, but if, I, bet, I might go and find out because there might be some value there. Or as I said, a reason to maybe I sell Woolworths if I owned it, if Coles are struggling, if I, if I realise the issue is is a price war, it's going to hurt both mm. their margins for the next you know few years. Um, that that that's not a that's not a good outcome for anybody. A bit like the airline price war, the same kind of story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that you just. Um, we talking, I think, last week or week before. You, you do mm. build up a real knowledge base the more mm. you do this, and, and there are there are some. You can spend a lot of time researching a particular company and come to the mm. conclusion you don't like it, but there's a lot of value still in that process because you oh, so hopefully learnt a few things about the industry that you can apply sort of next time, you know. And there there are some really key insights that really just defy. You just they're not uh, not something you could just induce, you know. But once you sort of know, it taints your entire view. So I caught up with a friend uh, briefly recently, and um, he's responsible for doing a fit out in this in a big university. I won't say which one. Anyway, saying oh, I've got all these flat screens. Do you want one? It's like what? What do you mean? He's like, oh yeah, they're throwing them all out. And like, what? Why would they be? He's like, oh, we've won all this work. And I said, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the universities are doing it really, really tough right now. You know, why on earth would they be spending all this money to replace screens that might be a little bit old but work perfectly and getting rid of desks and completely fitting out whole buildings and all the rest of it? Mm. And he said, well, because the, the budget 
periods coming up. If they don't spend the, <laughs> if they don't spend the budget, they, they won't lose get it. it. They, they, yeah, won't, they exactly. lose it. And yeah. it just, you know, it's one of those insights. You kind of think, I would never have worked that out. Or, mm. or you know, mm. it doesn't make any rational sense that a, mm. a, a, an industry that is, is well known for suffering really immensely right now would be so flagrantly wasting money. But then mm. when you sort of understand some of, and this is a very you know, bespoke example, but it, it's, it's, I've picked up a few of those things over the years in certain industries that just just allow you to look at things in a slightly different way. And it might might be not that you've got any clearer picture as to what's going to happen, but perhaps you've got a, a better picture of your inability to know what's going to happen, or something like that, which just can can really flavour the the conclusions that you draw from looking at certain things. So, mm-hmm. and and as what you said there in terms of the the, the supermarkets um, example, it's just that is the classic one. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 but but we also we also know there as well that you you are going to have you're going to what the biggest what, what am I trying to say the biggest threat in a lot of these cases is the irrational competitor yeah totally. um, where where they're doing something that is actually going to hurt the industry probably not going to win for them and it's just a d- disastrous idea and it's like why would anyone do that well it happens all the time mm. and it's like can you sort of shake your fists at the sky and say oh this is crazy why would you do this you're just going to hurt yourself and take everyone mm. else down with you and yep and yet and yet it it's it sort of it, it happens and it can yeah. really hurt the good players so Definitely something to be mindful of, um, uh, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so easy to say, "Oh, you should be mindful of that." Or, I don't know specifically what you do about it, but but yeah. again, I come, I always come back to that. Look, if it, 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 as an investor, you will find a lot of things fall on the too hard basket, and be comfortable with that. That's cool. You know, you, you, you'll come across things that you you can wrap your head around a lot easier, and put your effort there. There's there's no there's just no point in doing things mm-hmm. if you if you've got to, at the end of the day, you're just going to shrug your shoulders. I just it's just too hard. That's great. That's an excellent conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Unless you move on, right? You don't have to. You don't have to make a call. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah one of my favourite lines. It's, it's messy, and I'm pretty sure it's mine. Uh, but you're only you're mm-hmm. only as profitable as your least rational competitor allows you to be. Totally. And that's one of those. Yeah. If, if you're if you're investing in a company, you've got to know that's the reality of the world you're in. Because yeah, Woolies and Coles is a classic, right? Like for a long time, consumers won up one big. Because price deflation was just year after year after year after year as those two just went at each other hammer and tongs. Woolies and Coles suffered, their suppliers suffered. We made out like bandits as consumers because we're getting cheaper milk, cheaper bread, cheaper everything while they while they tried to beat each other over the head. Um, mm. And you couldn't not, right? Once Coles go, you know, and this is, it's when there's a, when there's a kind of an uncomfortable truce, you know almost, well, I'm pretty sure every time in major industries I've followed, every time someone eventually blinks because mm. someone at, at the board level, executive level, at, I'll choose Woolies this time, says... Guys, we're not growing. Coles is growing faster than we are. We're doing our best to get some growth. You know what? We're going to have to start a price war to get mm. some customers back. And you know that's not going to go well for anybody, but they just can't help themselves because they've got to be seen to do something. And mm. if the new ad's not working, if the new signage isn't working, if the new range isn't working, you can guarantee someone's going to say, we've tried everything else. Let's just, yeah, it's going to hurt. We're going to have to do it. And so, you mm. know, and it always happens. Airlines are exactly the same. Uneasy truce on, on capacity until mm. someone says, we're not growing as fast as the market wants us to. Let's go and take some customers off you know, yep. the other guy. So, oh yep. man, here we go again. Yep, yep. Your margin is my opportunity, as Jeff Bezos yes. would, would, would often say. And, and, yes, and um, he's dead right. And he's except, and he is except dead, that. Dead right. <laughs> except <laughs> that sometimes if you haven't got the growth opportunity that Amazon's got, I own shares in Amazon, then it, it actually is worse, right? Because in that case, you know, both of our, if, if you're in a low growth, no growth industry, 
if you take that perspective, you're just going to destroy each other. Like it's mutually assured destruction, and the winner isn't isn't you know this Amazon can, can can sell cheaper than Walmart because it's got no margin expectations and everything's growth and everything's upside. Uh, but if you're Woolies and Coles fighting each other and you're all fighting over the, the you know the two percent GDP growth that you're going to get, mm. um, and you drop your you drop your your, your prices, well, someone's going to pay, and it's probably going to be you and your competitor rather than you know you can't undercut them and, and get enough growth to make it worthwhile because there's not enough growth in the industry left. Totally, totally, and th- this is why this is why companies with brand, and I mean mm-hmm. genuine brand, brand that influences yeah, decisions, yeah. Yeah. and Apple yeah. was yeah. the classic sort of example. But there's Coke, yeah. there's a million, all the classic kind of ones. It's yeah. why it, it is so valuable because you don't have to play those games. You know, exactly. Right. Only Apple can make an iPhone. Only Coke mm-hmm. you know, makes Coke. They're, they're they're really important things. So they're really nice moats that if you, if you can find them. Um, Absolutely. Uh, really good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and the other is to I, I increasingly sort of gravitate towards real niche kind of offerings. It's sort of like okay. relatively small company overall, mm-hmm. um, but is the genuine global leader in this mm-hmm. space. It just happens to be, well, relatively a small space, but still <laughs> might be a $500 million opportunity. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. sort of great because there just isn't that much. I've got a few stocks like there's just really genuinely not much competition. Mm-hmm. I will say this though on competition. I do think it as investors, as a general rule, we do overthink competition. Um, oh, okay. We, Tell me why. We, well, I just think I think if you're always looking over your shoulder as a, as a business, what the other people are doing, you you need to you need to be more focused on what you're doing and carve out your mm. own kind of way. So I would have thought that any supermarket operator looking at Australia would say this is an incredibly mature market, um, <laughs> very well covered, two very dominant, strong, capable players. There's just no way that that you can do that. And yet Aldi mm. has had phenomenal mm. excess in there. And and True. and why yeah. is that? They they played a different game with a different model. Yeah. And yeah. and you know Woolies can't can't go to the Aldi model. Coles can't mm. go. Which, it's just it is yeah. brilliant so you you want to you 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 have a situation here where if you had only if when Aldi had come and you'd basically said oh come on as if you're going to compete against Coles and Woolies and that was that was your big mm-hmm. risk fact turned out that it wasn't in fact it turned out it was an opportunity because it was a point of difference and there was mm-hmm. there was this whole other unexplored un, un um exploited niche and and they've mm-hmm. done it extremely well so yeah I, I'm not saying you you ignore inflation but I always actually is a bit of a red flag for me or orange flag maybe it's just when you ever hear a CEO talk and all they're doing is talking about the, the competition I always find that as a really bad sign it's like dude tell me what you can control and what you're mm. going to do I just you know some some people too much like to com- contrast and compare themselves to others and it just to me it's it's sign of it's not a it's not a good sign <laughs> in a lot of mm. cases mm. I, I love that. I think it's really interesting. Look, let, let's finish off with something a bit different. I want to go back to something you mentioned at the beginning. And so rather than, rather than missing out on that, you talked about, you know, the new normal versus the old normal. You didn't use those terms, but you're talking about, you know, things that will, things that will change and things that will stay the same. And as an investor, I reckon this is – COVID has been fascinating for me. I mean, again, I don't want to make light of it. It's been horrible for a whole lot of people. But um, if, you, if we can then sort of, you know, take that as red and then move on to the investing implications. Mm-hmm. Because it's been a recession like we've never had, it's been a change in consumer behaviour, business behaviour like we've never had. And uh, we've got year-on-year comparisons that are almost stupidly hard to try and make. Redbubble today, again, we're recording this on Thursday, the 14th, um, October. Redbubble today came out with lower profits because, guess why? People aren't buying as many face masks. <laughs> so <laughs> they had a massive, I, I'm not going to say, I didn't see this coming, they had a massive face mask boom last year. And so this year, we've all got a face mask. They're all reusable, the ones that they're selling anyway. So they just that, that business just was one-off, right? And you kind of go, yep. huh, 
How about that? And so yeah. they had a one-off gain and they're going to go back to some sort of normal and that normal is not unreasonable. And if you assume that the, the gain was permanent, then maybe you're going to get hurt today, maybe you're not. Um, we'll see what the share price does. But it's one of those stories where, you know, the, 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 the movement in the you know, in the profit was was unexpected for me at least. Mm. Now, if you think about then what happens in the future, mate. So again, we're still in the middle of lockdowns in most of Australia. Some are coming off in New South Wales, hopefully Victoria soon. But as we come out of this, we've got to try and work out as investors how much to pay for these businesses. And again, maybe the answer in some of these cases, mate, is it's too hard, I don't know. And mm. that's completely fine. But there are going to be businesses that have got, you know, big jumps in profit and revenue that can't be sustained. Mm. There's going to be businesses that have had big falls in profits and revenues that will actually recover. There'll be yeah. businesses that have that have become relevant all of a sudden that stay relevant because consumers have found new retailers. There'll be others that kind of, you know, don't emerge from this. Mosaic Brands um, owns mm. some, some women's wear stores. They had to raise capital while other retailers have made the online move and are growing like gangbusters. Yep. Mosaic's like, we've, all our stores are shut. No one shops for our stuff online. We've got to raise money just to keep ourselves alive. Yeah, And so... You kind of, you know, this is going to happen in so many companies over the next, and not even necessarily the next six months. Like, again, year on year comparisons are going to be impossible for, mm. or at least, you know, reasonable ones for probably two years. Because you've got to get yeah. a full year of post lockdown and then a full year to compare that against to work out whether they're growing or declining. Mm. And so we're still only halfway through, to my mind, mate, that kind of resettling. So I guess my question for you is what do you think is going, what, what do you think is new normal? And mm. what do you expect will be returned to old normal post COVID? So if you look out, 12 months, just pick, a, pick an arbitrary time. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what year. It could be 14, 18 months. It could be six months. What do you think's changed for good and what do you think we go back to? Uh, well, I think the, the the remote working kind of thing is is here to stay. I, I actually know of a few people who's now that, that they can go back to work are not going back to work or certainly not going back to the same standard. And this was, I would probably argue, over a long enough timescale was always going to happen, right? But it's, right. it's absolutely been accelerated and we've sort of changed our thinking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that is a good change for the better. I think it actually makes for a, a, a lot of efficiency. I, I would argue in a lot of different for different jobs. You can't be a hairdresser mm-hmm. over Zoom, you know, but, <laughs> but, but I, I would actually argue that despite popular belief that a lot of people are far more productive and effective uh, yeah, in a right. home environment, you know, even though they might spend less time at their desk when they're there, they're more productive. And, mm-hmm. and so I think, I think all of that kind of stuff has changed quickly. I think um, uh, just, just ordering stuff online, again, another long-term structural shift that was always happening but just accelerated. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people out there who just didn't mm-hmm. shop online because they're too hard, but then they were forced to, and then, oh, this is great. <laughs> they're not going back, you know, so that's, that's <laughs> something as well. But yeah, yeah I, I hear what you're saying though. There's always the danger with extrapolating that retailers, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier this year. It's like mm-hmm. you look at some of these retailers trading on PE multiples of eight and nine. It's like right. businesses with very strong historic earnings growth and, you know, a lot of a lot of future uh, opportunity and all the rest. It's like, what am I missing mm-hmm. here? Well, I actually think, well, that was actually a gro- good example of the market being quite reasonable because the market was looking at these, because everyone decided that, oh, I've got to work from home. I need a laptop. I need a desk. I need all these. <laughs> yeah. I need a printer. You know, That's and everyone right. ran right. out and JB Hi-Fi had the best quarter it's ever had kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but that... But that at the same time was also you don't you don't have to be Nostradamus to go, well that's that's not gonna continue. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a short term spike. Extrapolating that out to infinity is, is gonna be extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I I it was like it was like remember there was a hand sanitizer shortage in the early days yes, it with, was. with hand masks. That that's was right. that was 
guaranteed to be a short-term problem because yeah. anyone I can, you'd make it with a homebrew kit like this stuff is easy to make with very cheap raw mm. ingredients mm. And, and and you know capitalism being capitalism there's nothing like high prices high margins high demand just to, to attract a gazillion people in and now it's just mm. out there and mm. you can buy it for you know pennies on the dollar kind of stuff yeah. so so I think you you always need to look at what, what, what companies are doing you need to sort of you need to try and put it in context. I, I like this idea of looking at earnings through the cycle, uh, as yeah. they say, which is which is not trying to sort of take the current price and 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 just say that's that's what it's always going to be. But you know, there's yeah. ups and downs. Let's kind of choose an average and, and and go with that. That's that's a really sensible way to go because it's especially as a long term investor where you're, where you're looking at holding for many years. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just safer to put some some margin of safety in, into that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't know, mate. What do you what do you think? I'm rambling. No, I think that I think that's exactly right. The only thing I would say, mate, is I guess why I asked the question is when you say through the cycle, you kind of have to believe that there, it is a cycle, right? And and that's mm-hmm. I guess the, where the opportunity is for me on on all of these questions. Those, those four kind of scenarios: the kind of you know the the uh, growing and then going to go back down, the the falling going to go back up, the growing and staying up, and the falling and staying down. There's kind of those four those four outcomes, right? And some businesses won't change at all because they'll just kind of tick through, and that's fine. But even like Woolies and Coles, you know, they had a big bump, and I think that's a cycle thing. You can look and say, okay, well. We're probably going to eat the same number of baked beans in 2022 as we did in 2019, despite mm. what the last two years have done, right? That's fair. Yeah. But even even with your example of like the stuff we bought from from the retailers, to the extent, you know, we, we had the sort of retail numbers, I think they were August numbers. Online sales, sorry, retail sales were down in August, but mm. online sales were still up 15%. Mm. And so the big question for me, and I'm not going to name a company because I'm not going to have a drink, but uh, <laughs> the, the, big question, the big question for me is like, you know, some of those won't be won't be through the cycle, right? These will be structural, permanent changes to the way we do stuff. You mentioned working from home. Mm. If I if I've got if I own shares in an office REIT, uh, real estate investment trust, I'm not mm. super comfortable right now, yeah, because same. I'm not sure how many, how quickly, how long people go back to work. If I mm. if I own shares in a in, a, in Mosaic and uh, Temple and Webster, for example, two very different retailers. Do I buy through the cycle and say, well, Mosaic two years ago went this much, learned this much in the future. Templar Webster two years ago went this much, learned this much in the future. Or do I say, actually, this might be some structural change. And I think, mm. you know, right, there are so many companies where there is the opportunity, I think, for an enterprising investor who spends the time to try to think about, and it's no easy because it's no easy answer, but try to think about where there are changes. That for me is kind of the big one, right? It's like, do I still feel as good about owning... Westfield shares or centre group shares do as many people go back to Westfield as, as they used to I think the answer is probably yes quite honestly but I don't think that as many people go back to Meyer or DJ's I don't think as many people go to the second tier shopping centres because if you're going to have a big day out you go to Westfield if you're going to do it at home I think more, more people shop online my mother is buying God knows how much stuff online right now love you mum and, and uh, you know she, will she go back to the shops yeah she will absolutely but will she kind of go oh I might check that online because I'm sitting on my couch and I can do that now I've done it so many times I'm used to it you know, what, the stuff that's changed, I think, is for me is the big question. I don't know the answer really, Matt, I've got to say. Um, I think you're right about working from home. I think that changes permanently. I think, by the way, people go back to work in some form. It's some, maybe it's twice a week. Maybe it's every second week. Maybe it's whatever. And again, industries are very different. But, you know, I think, I think CBDs are quieter for the future. For what it's worth, Matt, I think, I think one of the old normals is I think we end up with record numbers of people flying on planes at some point in the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we know cruise lines in the US are already booked out six months ahead, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think people are going to be so desperate to go back overseas. I would be very, very surprised. I don't do predictions. I'm not, I'm not saying by Qantas or not by Qantas as a result. But I reckon by 2027, when we're doing this podcast, mate, on the 14th of October, 2027, uh, I reckon, I reckon travel's pretty likely. Air travel is pretty mm-hmm. likely to be back to maybe even above 
pre-pandemic levels. In fact, domestically, Qantas actually had a, a record number. More, more people flying. Remember how we had the, the kind of the, the, the bit of a gap between lockdowns mm. and all the domestic airlines were open again and the airports were open. They had more people travelling in that gap than before the lockdown started, before COVID arrived. Mm. So that, that's one of the ones I think we go back to an old normal. But I think if you, as an investor, mm. you look through that, there are definitely opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, too, I was going to say, what was interesting about the retailers that did well, uh, they were the ones that had actually put in the investment and the time and the strategy mm-hmm. years ahead. I can think of mm-hmm. Accent Group, um, uh, Super Cheap, um, uh, Super Retail Group, sorry, mm-hmm. um, where they had... Yet they actually they, they weathered the storm pretty well because the, the online sales picked up the slack. But as anyone who's ever tried to establish any online retail business knows, you don't just pull that out of a box. Uh, oh, we hit yeah. COVID, let's start doing it online. I mean, look, has anyone ever tried to buy like Myers mm, online? Mm, oh my God, mm. maybe it's better now. I haven't been there for a while, but just horrible, horrible, horrible experiences. So it's sort of, there is... There is, um, to me, that's actually, it's, it's helped highlight the strength of some management teams out there. It's just like, mm-hmm. yes, they actually, they actually did relatively well, but, and, but I wouldn't say it was luck. You know, I would say it was through the careful planning and, and exit. Now, they didn't know that COVID was going to happen and they weren't making these changes because of that. Mm-hmm. Again, there was a long-term structural shift to online. Show, and they put in the investment. They had the warehousing. They had the logistics. They had the websites. Yeah. They had yeah. the fulfillment. They had, or, and, you know, not, not billions, millions and millions <laughs> and millions of dollars in investment for these com- yeah. hundreds of millions yeah. in some cases. Yeah. And, and it's that whole thing of chance favours the prepared mind sort of kind mm. of thing, you know. It's sort of you make like your own, own luck to, 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 to some extent. So I think, I think it's – and this is, this is hard for management teams as well because when you make these big investments, they're going to take years to pay off. Mm. All you're doing is depressing your profits in, in dividends in the, in the meantime because you could, you, could, mm. you could hand that back to shareholders. But no, you say, we're going to keep it and we're going to take all this money and we're going to go build a new warehouse and do all this. Oh, okay. But, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's what you want to do, right? So mm. um, I, I don't know what my point is here. I guess my, my, my point is, is that it, it's that whole you don't know who's swimming naked till the tide goes out kind of thing. And I think what was interesting is, is with, with what we've been through recently is you actually you, – the, 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 the companies that did particularly well in those very difficult circumstances are the ones that had had put in the, the hard yards to sort of build a more robust, flexible business and one that was positioned for an inevitable, albeit no one knew it was going to come as fast as it did, structural right, change. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and, and, and they've, 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 they've reaped the benefits of that. So I, I, I just it's just a rare thing, so I love it. When you see management making long-term investment decisions, um, I, I just think it's, it's something to pay attention to. Mate, that is a beautiful way to finish us off. Will you come back on Sunday? I will, absolutely. Beautiful. Now, you know all our socials, but just quickly, you can get Andrew at Strawman Invest on Twitter or at under, Sage underscore Simeon. That's at Sage underscore Simeon. You can get me on Twitter or Instagram at TMF Scott P. You get The Motley Fool on Twitter and Instagram at The Motley Fool AU. You can get us on Facebook, just facebook.com slash The Motley Fool Australia or facebook.com slash Scott Phillips Money. And of course, you can email us. We haven't yet got any emailed audio questions. So if you're keen, send us one of those and we'll try and answer one of those on the mailbag. That's info at fool.com.au. Until then, we'll see you Sunday. Fool on. See ya. 
The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.